Well, what an exciting time to be in God's house with God's people. And church, I don't know how you feel in your heart, but listen, it's time to step up to the plate. I was once told by an older pastor, he said, fellas, if you die in the pulpit, your church should not lack anything. They should continue on as if you were there. We have well-qualified men, and I am so proud of Mark and Mac. And so you pray, because we need others to step up to the plate. I have looked at my schedule, and I need approximately 12 men who will not be afraid to stand on a Wednesday night and do the prayer meeting, whether it be just devotional, prayer time, whatever. Uh, It's good experience. And uh, we all need that. I'm asking a question. Um, Jeff, can you hear me all right? Is the sound all right where you are? Okay. Don't sound as loud as it may be, ought to be. But if you're hearing, if you hear me say amen. amen. That was awful weak. Amen. All right. Okay, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. Very familiar passage of scripture, probably scriptures that our graduating senior class has heard for a long time, and um, I thought about something, and you know, I haven't been here that long, so I haven't got to see these guys grow up, but I reflected back, my goodness, I'm afraid to say how many years ago, when Will Cater um, was a baby. And they'd bring him to the ball field. And they'd just turn him loose. He was all over the place. But he grew up having a good time at the ball field. Will, I'm talking about you and you're not even in here. I was talking about our baby days at baseball. You remember that. But I am so proud of these uh, guys and their accomplishments, and I know that you are. And uh, so the message today is not only to them, but it's to all of us. But I put a, uh, had a bulletin insert put in there, so you can write on it if you want to. But uh, if you make an airplane out of it, would you wait till the service is over before you throw it? Um, but it'd be, it'd be interesting to see if you write things in there. It'd be good for you in, in years to come. Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. But on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. So he says, we need to let our light shine before men, that they may see our good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Father, speak to our hearts concerning your word. Help us to be that light that others might be able to follow and find you in a lost and dying world. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. 
Graduation day is a day of remembrance. I mean, I'm thinking back several uh, many years ago, a high school graduation and, and um, then graduating from uh, Greenville Technical College and, and then graduating from typewriter school and, and then graduating from um, Bible school. And uh, so graduation continues, it seems. I mean, one step after another. Uh, I never will forget... Um, I appreciate my boys. I appreciate their comments because uh, they speak to their daddy, whether they know it or not. And uh, probably after two to three years of Caleb being in uh, college and uh, going on and on, and Josh said, Daddy, is Caleb going to make a career out of college? (laughs) I don't know. We'll get him out of there as soon as we can. But it's ever learning processes is ever and ongoing. Don't ever get to the point to say, hey, boy, I'm glad that's over. I don't have to do that anymore. There are some things you might not ever have to do anymore. And there are some of the things I may never have to do anymore. And there's some things I'm glad I won't have to do anymore. I'm still writing. I never did like to write. <laughs> I'm still typing. And I wondered when I went to high school and took typing, what in this world is that far? Well, after I surrendered to preach and began to do sermons, I realized what typing was for. And hey, it's still today. Uh, but I still notice some of these guys, they, they're this way. It's called a hunting pecker type. And I thank goodness, I, I remember, I still remember how. And I still have that old conventional typewriter. It wasn't electrics when we were in uh, taking typing, um, but I still remember those. So graduation is an ongoing thing. Hey, and one of these days, it's going to be the greatest graduation you and I as Christians have ever experienced. And that's when we, as the choir sang, take that nail-scarred hand and hear Jesus say, Welcome home. It's been an exciting time. So I hope that if you uh, are not saved and you're not ready for that, that today would be the day that you would come forth and allow the light of the world, that is Jesus, to fill your heart and fill your soul that you can be a part of that great graduation day. I am proud of the accomplishments of these uh, graduates and um, as we keep up with them through the years, uh, we'll be excited in their accomplishment as they come together in other things. So let's think about the voyage of life for a moment. We are on that voyage. Every person in this room right now, you are on a voyage. You are bound for somewhere. But out there in eternity, hey, I'm bound for heaven. And the Bible tells me that I'm going to be there. The Bible tells me that I'm going to meet Jesus face to face and I'm going to be just like him. I'm going to be known as I was known here. I'm going to see friends and relatives. I'm going to meet people I have never met. I'm going to meet Bible characters that I have read after, preached after, studied after. I'm going to be able to sit down with them. You say, that's going to take a long time, isn't it? Time won't mean anything then. Just like Jesus said, one day with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. So, if you have your little piece of paper there, and we're looking at the voyage of life, the, the right start is number one, the right start. Listen, the right start is needed on this voyage of life. First of all, a person, you need to be saved. You can't 
get by in this world and be successful as far as the Lord Jesus Christ is concerned without the Lord in your heart. So we need to be saved. Romans ten thirteen says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we need to make sure we are saved. We also need to be separate. Need to be separate. You guys have been in high school. Some of you have been from time kindergarten all the way through. You've been together. But you're about to part ways. You're going to different schools. You'll end up at different jobs possibly. But you won't ever forget your friends. And But the Bible calls for us to be separate. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 17 says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And he said, If you'll do that, I will bless you. You see, God is obligated to bless us if we're obedient to his word. If we're willing to go and tell and do all that he asks us to do, he is obligated to bless us, and he will bless us. We need to separate ourselves the places of sin. We need to separate ourselves from the people of sin. We need to separate ourselves from, uh, from practices of sin. We need to simply keep ourselves pure in mind and body. Listen, the devil is bidding for you and me today. In fact, we're wanted. I don't think I've preached this here before. Wanted, dead, or alive. Listen, the, the devil wants us. He don't care if we're alive. He wants us. He wants us. If, if, if we're dead, he's glad. We need to come out from among them who live in a sinful life, lest we be drugged down and into that part also on this voyage uh, of life. We need to seek uh, the God's will. You see, you were born for a purpose. I was born for a purpose. And God wants us to find that purpose that he has got for us, and he's promised to lead us and carry us on that way that we will be a blessing to others. So, Not only is the right start important, but secondly, the right companion is needed for this voyage of life. In dating, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, 14, he says, what what does light and darkness have in common? Nothing. Nothing. A few moments ago, it was almost completely dark in here, right? Okay, we got the lights on now. The darkness is gone. They cannot mix. And the Bible talks about do not be yoked together. Do not be found with a non-believer. The Bible over and over talks about that. Even in dating, you say, well, how do I know I'm dating the right person? I'll give you you three simple little things that can let you know if you're dating the right person. If, If that person needs to respect you. Respect you for who you are. If you are a Christian, they need to respect you for that. If, you're, if you are, are used to going to Sunday school and church, they need to respect you for that. If you are dedicated to your parents, they need to respect you for that. So they owe you respect. Another thing, how do I know if I've got the right one? One who respects your parents. You know, I love when I hear a child say, yes, sir, no, sir. Please, thank you. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. I enjoyed it. I had a great time. Hey, little words, little phrases mean so much. So, they need to respect your parents. And then how do I know I'm the right one or not is one who lives for Jesus. 
one who will live for Jesus. It's important. In marriage in 2 Corinthians 6.14, be not unequally yoked together with a non-believer. I mean, the Bible's very plain on this. Don't be caught in blind love. Consider the Lord Jesus in all things. Thirdly, the right job is needed. Well, you know, I'd really have to back up on that for myself. I lost count of the jobs I had before I surrendered to preach. <laughs> I'd, drop, I'd quit a job over here, but I'll tell you one thing about my quitting jobs. I never quit one, but what I didn't have one to go to the next day. I've never been unemployed. I've never been fired. I've never been asked to leave. I've turned in notices and been asked to stay. But never, ever, hey, the right job is important uh, on this uh, voyage of life. And guys, you, you, you who graduate, you have so much to offer, so much to give back to this world in which we are living today. You have so much to give in a way of your church life and your, your Christian walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. You have so much to give. Your job, hey, it ought to be a job where Jesus can be first. It's always exciting to me when you come to me and say, hey, I've been talking to my boss or I've been talking to a co-worker about being saved. Pray for me. Hey, I am glad you carry the gospel to where you work. It's not just for time of coming to church, but it's where we go in this world that we should be able to carry the gospel. So the job needs to be one that will give Jesus first place. Also a job that will give glory to God. Day in and day out. This one, was it Tanner? Four years running? Perfect attendance? My goodness, that says something, doesn't it? Have I got it right? Was it Tanner? Hello? Come on, church. Are you there? That says something. That's the way it ought to be in church. Hey, four years running. I've never missed. That's the way it ought to be on a job. A job also that will provide an honest living. Hey, the Bible talks about earning. Earning. Not given, but earning. All right, let me give you another one right quick. The right friends. I've heard this said, friends are a dime a dozen. But good friends, good solid friends is needed for this voyage of life. You know, friends you can trust. Friends you can count on. Friends who you have never ever caught in a lie. You can believe what they tell you. You can believe what they say. You can believe their actions. And when they make a decision, you know it's not a quick decision. But it's a decision that they know is going to affect somebody. They want to be careful with that. Friends are important. It's amazing to me that the places we go, we see people, and they say, hey, and they speak to you. They're your friends. And they're glad to see you coming. Friends are important in this life. The Bible talks about a, a people being a friend of God. That's who I want to be, a friend to God. If I'm a friend to God, then I'm going to have other friends. Because that, 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 those friends know that I'm a friend of God. They know I'm not going to mistreat them. 
They know I'm going to do it right if it costs me. Friends are important. Number five, the right book should be studied on this voyage of life. And I think back about all those subjects. My goodness. And now, you know, those books that we wrote in and we throwed around here and there, like Dick and Jane, have you priced one of them lately? I have been on the lookout for my South Carolina history book I had. Don't ask me why I want it. I just do. It's a little orange book. I had it in the seventh grade. And every bookstore I go in, I look and I ask, and only found one in this world so far who said, oh, I had three of them at one time. But they don't last. Books, where words are, libraries full of books, knowledge. Wouldn't it be nice, guys, just to go in there and say, okay, I'm on I'm on a, I want to know what's in this book and just put it on top of your head and just process it right into that computer and lay it down. You got it and you're off and running. <laughs> it don't come that easy. It didn't come easy with those of you uh, in, uh, went through high school here. I told Reed, I said, I said, son, this is an exciting day. He said, yeah, I'm excited about it. I said, 12 years. He said, 12 years. I said, it took me 14. <laughs> I really ought to have been glad when I went across the state. <laughs> Amen. Well, time moves on. And uh, books come and go. But the Bible will remain forever. And it is a book, guys, for to us to read. And not only read, but become interesting that we want more of it. That we study the Word of God. The Bible talks about study. Study and show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed of the Word of God. It's a powerful book. There's never been a book in this world that'll come up to the Bible. It's still the number one seller today. And I thank God for translations of the Bible where others can read. I remember a night, Ernest, in Cameroon. I, I had been preaching in, in, the, in the city for several nights. And it was, I believe it was the night before the last night. Just before the service, someone out of the crowd came and got me. They spoke English. They said, listen, can you come with me? Said, there's a man down the street. Said, he hadn't been to a service but said he's hearing you on the loudspeaker system. And he's heard your words. He's heard you preaching. He said, would you please come with me to his house? Well, hey, I didn't know where to go or not. But he, then he says, do you, have a, do you have a Bible? A French-speaking Bible? I thought, what? Man, I mean, I'm English. Well, I went back to our crowd. And the guy from Texas, I forget who they were now. I said, anybody got a so-and-so Bible? He said, Wait a minute. Now, hey, I don't know who put that Bible there. I'm going to say God did. It was a Bible that that guy wanted and needed. He gave it to me, and off down the street we went. 
into a little dirt hut and here sat this man and I was introduced to him and we sat there and I witnessed to him through an interpreter he received the Bible he let me pray in his house and he was so grateful you can't beat the Bible you make sure guys you have a copy of it available to you the Bible says we need to hide that word in our hearts that we may not sin against God the right book is important. I appreciate the good comments that our graduates had concerning our church. That says something. That's a testimony for our church. And many of those have been here since they were little tots. Hey, what a place to grow up. Well, the right leader. The right leader is necessary. As we go through this voyage of life, so many times we had followed, have followed people and we thought they were the right leader. We thought they knew where they were going and what they were going to do and how we were going to do it. And we find out and discover that they don't know where they're going. They're not the right leader. But let me tell you something. According to the Holy Word of God, the Holy Spirit is the right leader. He's promised to guide us. We find in the Scripture uh, that He will guide us into all truth. No lie, but guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit will reveal things to us that no one else can, that no one else can even think of, but God thinks of it, and he presents it to us through the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God is always present with us. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, when we got saved and we prayed, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. He came into our heart in the form of the Holy Spirit of God. And Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, said, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I'm going to be there for you. Well, last of all, listen, the right conduct is needed. I think back about being at home. My daddy was in charge of the conduct. I don't ever, ever, ever remember getting a whipping from my mama but one time. My daddy was the conduct man. I knew what I was supposed to do, how I was supposed to do it, and when I was supposed to do it. Why I didn't? Only God knows why I wanted to rebel against what my daddy wanted me to do and how he wanted it done and when. But it didn't take too many of those bathroom trips. And I didn't have the diarrhea either. <laughs> to let me know, hey, my daddy is in charge of the conduct around here. And he taught me, and he taught me well. You see, the right conduct is needed. Now, I've watched people. Now, I'm sure you have. You, you watch a young'un. If the parents don't have control over when they're little, First thing you know, they're, they're a child, they still don't have control. First thing you know, they're, they're a teenager, they still don't have control. First thing you know, they done graduated from high school, they go on to college maybe, they graduate, they get a job and can't keep it because they're still out of control. They have no conduct. And we wonder why the world's like it. The Bible says that if we spare the rod, we spoil the child. Hey. Now, there comes a point in time, hey, they, you know, I've heard it said this way, they're too little to spank. Well, if we aren't careful, first thing they know, they're too big to spank. So in between there somewhere, the Bible talks about discipline. 
not sparing the rod, but using the rod to discipline because, listen, God says, I love you, and, and because I do, I'm going to chasten you if you get out of line. I have been chastened of the Lord many times. I know what that's like. I've been chastened by my daddy. I know what that's like. I didn't like it at the time, but my daddy was right. Hello? My daddy was right. I don't ever remember him apologizing for whipping me. Hey, I'm the one that had to do the apologizing. I'm the one that had to say, I'm sorry. And I don't know why we say this. I won't do it no more. <laughs> and what do we do? We do it again. You know, we say, God, please forgive me. I won't do it again. And we turn around and hit it toward right again. God is a loving God. But we, we just need to be careful and, and, and have the right conduct. And hey, if a child's out of line, they need to be put back in line. Fire him up. I never will forget Lynn's doing children's church, so <laughs> she'd whip the boys and they'd laugh. <laughs> well, those memories. I'd whip the boys and I'd cry. Josh will bear that out. He'll tell you. Hey, I feel like God, listen, sheds a tear when he has to discipline his children. But he does it because he loves us. And conduct is important. I remember that on the report card. I don't know if it's on there now. It shows you how much I know about report cards, okay? But I remember right down there at the bottom, it'd say conduct. Hey, I always went there first before I looked up here. <laughs> I basically knew what I had up here. I wanted to see how I got raided down there in the conduct area. <laughs> but then I wonder, bless those precious teachers, those of you who are teachers, who would write down at the bottom of that report card, I've enjoyed having Kenny this year. I ain't sure she did. <laughs> or he did. <laughs> I've enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, thank goodness he's out of here. <laughs> but conduct is important. Hey, you know what? I look back at my mom and daddy. They're gone and left this world now. I respect my mom and my daddy. I still do what my mama taught me to tithe. I still do it. My daddy taught me to work, work hard, get there early, be willing to stay late. I still do that. It's built in my system. It's in the blood. I don't know what to do but get a blood transfer, and they could give me a kangaroo transfer, and I'd never be able to back up again. But parents... You know, I thought, well, do we need parents? Well, where would I be without parents? Yes, we need parents. Parents is a part of the Bible. God created the heavens and the earth and created Adam and Eve. Y'all go forth now and fill the earth. Turn Noah out and all his youngins and, and hey, go multiply and fill the earth. That's what he said, do. But do it according to Scripture. You get Find somebody who's compatible to you, who you can love, who you respect, and have a good, clean dating life. And if you propose and you accept, you get married under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and live a life that is pleasing. And if God gives you children, you discipline those children so they'll turn out well. The Bible says that if we train up a child in the way he ought to go when he's old, 
he'll not depart from it. There he is coming. When we think about that conduct, we need to walk and we need to talk and we need to reflect the image of God. I leave you with three simple thoughts. Don't forget your Lord Jesus. Don't forget your parents. And don't forget your church. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the privilege to be in this place today. Thank you so much for the opportunity to recognize our graduates. Lord, you know these children. They, they are children now. They're, they're grown up. They're, they're in their early adulthood. And uh, Lord, it's, just, it's hard just to turn them loose and say, okay, now, I'm going to turn you loose. But we've got to do it. Someone turned us loose. They've got to be able to stand on their own. God, I pray that you'd bless them. Uh, as they go on to, to higher learning uh, educational institutions, Lord, I pray that you'd help them to give it all they've got to come back and to be good, productive Christian citizens who will stand on your holy word. Bless the homes from which they come today. Bless all those that's in this room. Strengthen, encourage us to go on for you, God, and we'll love you and thank you, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.